Matthew 1, verses 18 to 24. If you've got a Bible, if you could turn to it now, that would be great. Uh, If not, it will be on the screen behind me. So it's Matthew 1, verses 18 to 24. It says this. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Well, let's make Stuart feel really, really welcome as he comes to speak. Thank you. Thank you, Rich. Well, let's keep our finger open to that passage and we'll look at that passage. As we look at the name of our Lord, one of the names, I wonder how many of you ladies in the dim and distant past were once asked to, or wanted to play the part of Mary in the nativity, or who actually played the part. Perhaps some of you don't, I I see a hand. No, but, well, what about you men? What about... How many wanted to play the part of Joseph? It's not quite the central figure, but how many play the part of Joseph or wanted to play the part? Perhaps some of you around here were obviously wise men. That's obviously your, your life. Or some looking at no, look, nobody were shepherds. Or the star, maybe. I don't know. But let's look at this about Joseph. Um, because it's, he's the, it's built around this Matthew passage, it's the story from his perspective. Now it says, now Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. So let's just back it, let's just build in the background. There, it's more than an engagement. This is a fam, two families are united. The covenant deals are made. Um, she would be only what, I don't know, mid, mid-teens. He would, he was a young man, don't, there's no... Re- references he's an older man he does die young he doesn't see the ministry of Jesus but he'd be a young man early 20s at the most and this was a binding thing that it would last about a year until the great marriage ceremony the hoopah which would take a week this ceremony where you pay your bride price uh, and uh, but this in the this betrothal phase there was no sexual intercourse there was no consummation of the marriage uh, there would there wasn't much social interaction, but it was a time to prove your fidelity, your faithfulness. And then one day, one day, I don't know how it happened, whether Mary said it herself or whether she passed a note to Joseph through a relative or whether, I don't know. But she says to him, 
by the way, she says, I want to tell you, I'm pregnant. Now, you imagine you're engaged and your wife, your, your fiancé. And actually, in the passage, you notice Joseph at this stage is now called a husband. So it's a pretty serious thing. What? I'm pregnant, but it's not as you think. It's not as you think. This is from God. Now, he, you know in Hazelmere how children, how babies come, don't you? Same in Israel, in, actually. Now, come on. He's a carpenter, he's a builder, he's, not a, he's a, a sensible guy. Come on. This is difficult. He is blown away. He is bewildered. He is devastated. He is devastated for several reasons. He couldn't believe. Who's the fella? No, no, no. This is from God. You try and imagine, you're engaged to this girl, and you, you, you love this girl. But the, the most serious thing is it says, now Joseph was a righteous man, which means he loved Torah, he loved the word of God, he wanted to be faithful to the scriptures. He was a good Jew, and he knew, Deuteronomy 22, if anybody has sex before or outside marriage, the leaders of the church, a village had to take the woman out of the town and stone her. He knew that. So you imagine what's going through his mind. Now, actually, historians tell us by that time that probably wouldn't happen. But nevertheless, the scandal of it, because people can work out dates, you know. I can't believe this. I mean, and he's a, he loves, you know, he, he, he loves to be a, a righteous man. It's, it's not a superficial thing. What are they going to do to this girl? This girl I loved. It's a real bind, isn't it? He's bewildered. From the Holy Spirit. Quickly, let's go down to the back story. The back story of it all is the Bible story of God. God created man and woman. He made them in his image. But right from the very outset, man and woman said, we'll do our own thing. And they rebelled against God. They did their own thing. They tried to be religious, but they would nevertheless run the show themselves. And, um, and there's no one righteous. No, not one, says Isaiah. No one who, who understands. There's no one who seeks God. All have turned away. And all have become worthless. There's no one who does good. No, not one. Now, he's not saying there aren't good people, but by God's standards, they've all failed. Oh, quite good by society. But by God's son, there's no good. Well, the backstory is this. God, before the foundation of the world, God planned a way of salvation, a way of sorting it out. And the, the amazing thing is this, and this is why it's hard to believe. God, who had no beginning, would have a beginning. He would begin life as a man. He would never became anything would become a man. He would join the human race. The great artist would become a dab of paint on the great painting he's painting. The great sculpture would become a glob of mud on the the thing he's forming. He becomes a man. I mean, that's the amazing thing. And it wasn't wasn't simply, I say, a knee-jerk thing. This is planned from the beginning. When man fell of his own volition, and chose to follow the evil one. God says to the evil one, the, the prince of darkness, the devil, he says, you know, you know, he says, I, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. You, 
He will crush your head. You will bruise his heel. Now notice the thing. Between your seed and her seed, the, 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 the redemption, the answer is going to come from the seed of a woman, not the seed of a man. And of course later, as the, as the years go by and things don't change, um, God says to, through Isaiah about King Hears. Remember King Hears? He's ruling in um, Jerusalem, 700 years before Jesus. The northern tribes, the, the tribes of Israel, had joined with the Syrians, and they were going to destroy the house of David. And, and King Hears is terrified. And, um, but Isaiah says to him, King Hears, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Uh, the, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Now the child Emmanuel, we don't know who this child is, just a sign. When you see this child, when it may be one of Isaiah's children, we don't know. Maybe one of the, from the royal family. But this child that's going to be born is a sign that the house of David will not be destroyed. The house of Judah will not be destroyed. Just a sign. Right? This is now right, let's go back to Joseph. So Joseph has got this terrible dilemma. I mean, it really must pain him. He's a godly man, he's a good man, he's a builder, a joiner, a carpenter, a good man. He's in a real bind. So he has a dream, and God comes to him uh, as, a, as a night messenger, as it were, and says, Look, the text says, Joseph, son of David. Do not be afraid to take Mary home with you as your wife. Because that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Joseph, don't try and understand it. Just believe it. You're only a man. You can't understand these profound things. No, no. It's supernatural, Joseph. This concept is supernatural. Notice it's not, there's no such thing as a virgin birth. It, the, the, it's the conception that's virginal. The birth is a normal human birth, but the, ver- the conception is supernatural. Now, people say, well, I could spend all morning on this. But you say, well, occasionally certain species, you can get what's known as pathogenesis. In other words, an egg from a woman self-conceived. It's known in certain species, I could tell you. And it's recorded apparently in certain four or five cases in humans, where an egg of a woman will self-fertilize in, its, in the uterus, and you get a child. Now then, you biologists will tell me, what will the sex of the child be then? What will it be? Female. Why? Because every lady in this room, in every cell in your body, has XX chromosomes. And every man in this room has got XY chromosomes. And therefore, the sex is always determined by the man. Therefore, if there's self-fertilization in a woman, it's got to be a girl. So, but this is going to give birth to a son. The God who, is, who is, can produce 200 billion galaxies is quite capable of producing a Y chromosome. End of biology lesson, right? By the way, the gender of a person is determined by God, not by man. Bear that in mind. But anyway... Joseph, Joseph, this is how it's going. God will create a male sperm with all the DNA of the Son of God, and Mary will provide an egg with all the DNA 
of a son of man. And um, Jesus will come. He will be fully God and fully man. It's not dumbing down, not lesser God. It's the creator will join with creator and become a creature in one sense. He who has no beginning will have been, he has no beginning as God, will have a beginning as man. Right? The son of man. Right? And um, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and you will give him, you will be, sorry, you will give birth to a son. And he will call him Emmanuel. God with us. That's his title. God with us. Now, this is so important, my friends. I cannot tell you how important this is. If Jesus is not God, well, we're wasting our time. But the fact that he, if we, Jesus, is not, if Jesus is not God, we know nothing. We do not know God. We know about God. But if Jesus is God, we know God. And if we honor Jesus, we honor God. If we dishonor Jesus, we dishonor God. If we dishonor... If, if we obey Jesus, we obey God. If Jesus, because Jesus is God. It's, it's vital. It's the essence of what we believe. But not only that, if Jesus is not God, the cross is a, an act of despicable cruelty. Because whatever else the Bible teaches in the New Testament, Jesus is dying in the place of someone else. He's been punished for someone else's guilt. He's bearing someone else's judgment and condemnation. That's what is taught from beginning to end in Scripture. And uh, the Lord lays on him the iniquity of us all. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray, but the Lord has laid on him. Now then, second thing, actually, that God said to Mary. First, he said to God, the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Secondly, and he says the same to to Joseph, you will call his name. You're not going to choose the name. Jesus. God chooses the name. Why? Jesus, which is the, 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 the New Testament equivalent of the Old Testament. Joshua, God to the rescue. God who saves. God deliverer. That's what you're going to call him because that's why he's going to come. Right? And you'll call him name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. You're not going to choose the name. You see, the reason is this. Because we're in such a desperate state, God has got to act. Because we are rebels. Let me just try and illustrate in a simple way. Many years ago, my wife gave birth to a beautiful, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, cherubic little girl. Some of you know her. Lovely girl. But it wasn't very long before she could say, No! She, was, she had a rebellious streak, defiant, you know. Now, I, I presume she got it from my mother. <laughs> but alas, it wasn't to be, and she wanted her own way. Well, we'll try again. So we had a little boy, curly hair, blonde hair, with brown eyes. But he was the same. No, no, I'll do my own thing. Now, you know, we're all like that. We have a defiant side. We, we have an independent streak. But that's true of, of the spiritual thing. We say to God, I'll do my own will. No. Love your neighbors. No, I don't like my neighbors. Forgive your, your sinners. No, I'm not forgiving them. 
Give generously. Certainly not. No. And you could go on, obey the scriptures. No, I, I want to run my own life. It's my life. No, 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 no. But the thing is this, God's presence in heaven is a place for sinless people. There's no no's in heaven. And in order to get to heaven, you have to be a person who's, never, who's not a no person. And we're not like that. Now, I forgive the trite illustration. But we spend our lives saying to God, I will do it my way. No. I'll do what I want to do. I don't want to do my God's way. You know? And we start. We think we're free, but we're not stuck. You know, I went, every morning I go walking. I went walking through one of the woods. And early this year, I was walking down a path. And sure enough, there is a, a lovely deer stuck in the hedge, in the fence, in the pig wire. This is one of this year's fawns. I could not shift that thing. It was digging in, cutting into its tendon. And I thought, it's just a matter of time before it dies. And then down the path comes two ladies with their great hounds. I thought, these things will, they'll think Christmas has come earlier. And I said, please, please keep the dogs away. And because then we could do nothing. So we, had to, we sent off to an animal rescue and they came. But there's no way that we could get out. That deer could get out. We hadn't the wire cutters or anything. And that's, God said to me, that's just how you are. There's no way you can get free in life apart from my help. But I've sent somebody to set you free. And this, this, see, this is a great thing. This person on the cross is not some Jewish prophet or godly man. It's God. Emmanuel's on the cross. The one who's on the cross is dying for you, for your sin. He's bearing your, the wrath and the judgment that save you, would send you to hell. God himself. That's why we get enthusiastic about the faith. It's not, well, if you, you know, keep the Ten Commandments, forget that. Man, this is the glory of it. He was on the cross. God was in Christ, reconciled the world to himself. It's not child abuse. He's not sending somebody else. He himself comes. That's the great justice. He satisfies it just himself. You shall call his Jesus all his life. This is to be in front of your eyes. He will save his people from their sin. But not only that, he says to Mary, the angel says to Mary, you know, that he's more than that. See, if Jesus is not God, we can never be sure of our final destination. If Jesus not now exalted the highest place, we're not sure whether he can fill his promises and purposes. But if he, has, if he is God, he's able to do that. And no one can thwart him. No one. You see, look what he says to Mary. He says, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. I sang the holiday course in the, in the Albert Hall on Wednesday. Studies and wonder, and he shall reign forever and ever and ever and ever. King of kings and Lord of lords. Because of what he is, he can fulfill all that he's promised. Because he's Emmanuel. And if he's not Emmanuel, he can't do it, but he is. You see, but the answer with the problem is, do we want an absolute monarch? 
Do we want, are we, do we want to be like Saudi Arabia, you see? They have an absolute money. Is there anybody on earth who's sufficient to have absolute rule? C.S. Lewis says, you know, that uh, mankind is so fallen that no man can be trusted with un- unchecked power over his fellows. Very dodgy, I appreciate that. No, 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 what we need is democracy. That's what we need, people say. We want to vote, freedom, free public, free press, free speech and democracy. That's what we want, isn't it? Have a referendum, that'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? (laughs) Or have have an election, that'd be a good idea. Then all our problems would be solved. Do I see a hand? No, no, no. (laughs) Oh, Churchill was right. Democracy is the worst form of government, apart from the rest. But seriously, we, we are Democrats in that sense. We will pray for our Prime Minister. I hope, I hope we do every day. But actually, our problems in Britain are not financial. Our problems are spiritual. That's the problem. No government's going to solve them. Only God is going to do it. But we see what we're offering to the people is not democracy, it's something wonderful. It's theocracy, ruled by God. That's the gospel. Because he alone can do it, you see. But the problem is, the problem is that um, the Jews didn't like that. Didn't like that at all. When Jesus alluded to the fact that he could, he was the Son of God, they tried to stone him, and then finally they put him on the cross because he, he 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 assumed himself that he was the Son of God. They couldn't do it. They couldn't cope with it. It's blasphemy. Because if if he'd been a Hindu, it would have been all right. Because, you know, Krishna and Vishnu, they can come as an avatar, as an embodiment of one of the gods. They can do that. They're quite rare, not rare, but common in Hinduism, avatars. Or if there were uh, a Roman or a Greek, they come down from Mount Olympus, from the Pantheon, and they would, you know, dress themselves up in human beings and be one of the human beings. They were used to that. Greek mythology is full of it. But the Jews... The Jews, they were the last people in the world to believe in this. They were monotheists. But actually the disciples said, well, you know, we've lived with him for three years. We've never seen the like. His words attest to his, he is what he says he is. And his miracles prove it. And his teaching and his character is his greatest miracle. No, no. we, We believe it. You see... People said, well, Elvis Presley, he was God, you know. And they, 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 they lay flowers at Gracelands every year in, on his grave. But I tell you what, none of them lived with him for three years. You read his biography. These, these young men live with Jesus. They, they lived with him for three years. And the only answer that to, to fit his life, he was what he said he was. He was Emmanuel, God with us. You see, the thing is, my friends... The situation is so serious that God had to do it. That's why, that's why as Christians, we are so passionate about this. We're not, we're not, people say, well, they need a bit of loving. They need more than loving, my friends. They're going to hell. They need more than a bit of encouragement and you know, a bit of teaching. They need a savior. They need somebody. And God has done it. He's come. The greatest fact of human history. It's not just theology, my friends. We've all done that stuff and enjoyed it. No, no. God with us. God appears. But how can God appear? 
I mean, in the Old Testament, they were terrified, weren't they? I've got one of my walks, and it says it's a, it's a substation. It says, beware, danger of death. It's a great sign, that. But, you know, that was like that in the Old Testament. They were terrified, quite rightly. When, when he appeared to Moses, in a, the bush burned. When he appeared to, to Abraham, he came as a flaming torch. When Isaiah, the most godly man in the nation, so he fell at his face. His feet, I'm destroyed, I'm coming apart. I can't live with the ineffable glory of this God. Daniel falls, Ezekiel falls. Don't, you can't, God with us. Who can, who can abide when he appears? He's, he's like a refiner's fire. But he comes graciously like a, almost like a, Use the analogy of electricity as a, as a torch, isn't it? Love graciously. If you, if you follow me, you won't walk in darkness, but you'll have the light of life. He comes to lead us out of darkness. And he, he comes to ordinary people. Shepherds, the ragtag and bobtail of the society, the, the riffraff. No references, no testimonials. And the few astrologers from the East. And the Joseph Mary, who are they? He comes to ordinary people. He binds himself to ordinary people. Ordinary people like you and me. Sinful, selfish, greedy, lazy, lustful. Just like you and me. He comes and becomes one with us. It's, I mean, you could spend all day preaching this text. Every word. With us. It's amazing. People say, well, it's with us. You see, it's plural. It's not just you or me. It's with us. People say, I love Jesus, but I despise the church. Well, actually, the Bible says, Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it. He loves the church. And he died for the church. And, um, and that's where we are. But God with us. I mean, some of you, I mean, this week, it's, it can be horrendous for some of you ladies, the work you have to do. But not only that, all the domestic and family problems rear their head, don't they, sometimes? But if God is with us, who can be against us if God is with us? But the great thing is he's not only with you, my friends. He is for you. That's the great thing. If God be for you, who can be against us? God is, <laughs> that's the great thing. You see? Emmanuel, it's a wonderful thing. But where is he now? Well, he's ascended to the highest place. He is seated at the right hand and God has given him a name above every name. The name of Jesus. There's a man in heaven. You see, I used to keep tropical fish, and they're all right, tropical fish. The problem is they want to kill each other. They're very fond of that. And you put a different species, and they have a goish. And I think, if only I could become a fish. So I said, the, I said to the kids, you know, I'll become a fish. So I become a fish. And I sort it all out. And I said to the kids, beam me up, come out of here. Oh, no, you're staying a fish. No, I'm, I'm joking, but that's, but Jesus stayed a man, my friends. There is a man, God in heaven this morning, who intercedes and prays for us. He hasn't deserted his people. His, his, his mission is still, his name is still Jesus. It's at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess that he's Lord. Now, so that's a great thing. How are we doing for time? Oh dear, we better be stopping. Well, let's go back to Joseph. Where do we get? Let's go back to Joseph. Joseph, it's just a dream. It's just a dream. 
you know, you're going to leave, you're going to be in the car park soon. Don't lose heart. And, um, but it was all that. I tell you, this isn't, Joseph, that was a dream. No, it was the word of God, Joseph. God spoke to you. You can leave this morning. Well, that was just a sermon or just a worship. No, God has spoken to you. This is the word of God to you. I'm declaring to you the word of the living God. This isn't just a dream. This is not just my thoughts. This is the orthodox, historic word of God given to you this morning. It's not a dream. You can forget it. You try and forget it, some of you. And, you know, bury it under all the Christmas garbage, you know. But, uh, no, no. You see, the other thing about Joseph, which is a problem and a good thing. Now, Joseph was a righteous man. But righteousness is not enough, my friends. You see? Joseph, you have to do something with this Jesus. See, I was brought up in church. And we had a lot of righteous people. But we didn't want too much of a living Jesus. Oh, we did all the stuff. Sang the hymns and loved them and were nice people. The problem is a lot of you and me is that people like who were brought up in church and are good people and good neighbors, we do not inherit the kingdom of God. Because actually to get in the kingdom of God, you have to make Jesus what he is, Lord, Emmanuel. That's the good news. But you have to do it. And the problem is if we feel we're good, well, I don't need all this religious stuff. I'm not really a fanatic. I'm not actually going to be a fanatic. I'm asking you to believe the truth. The truth is that Jesus is King and Lord. And he demands that you, put the, that you build your life, Joseph, round this person. You build your life round Jesus. And that's what life's about. And uh, you see, he's Emmanuel, right? God with us. He's, he's not a servant. He's not, well, I want Jesus to bless my life. I want Jesus to make me healthy, wealthy, and wise. He's not going to come to bless you. He has come that you might be his servant, that you will serve him. That's the gospel. You know, that's what it's about. <laughs> but this, it, this, will, this is radical stuff. It will change your life. It will change your life. See, what will my neighbors think? What will my friends think, Joseph? Joseph thinks, I know what they'll think, Joseph. They'll think you were the fa- you've, you've been playing around before you were married. You're right. See, people say, well, what happened if I become a follower of Jesus? What will they think at work? What will they think in my family? I don't know. What will they think? They'll think I've gone off the rest. That's not the issue. The real issue, you have to make a decision. If Jesus is Lord. If he is Emmanuel, you can't sit there and say, nice talk, vicar. No. You have to do something. Joseph, you have to build your life. In, in, in making many disciples, P.T. Forsyth said, Christ ruined many careers. And that might be true. Some of us had to change our careers. When he says go, you go. <laughs> and that's what it's about. Because he's Emmanuel. God with us. And he's never ceased to be with us. I'm with you always. Even to the close of the age, he says. He comes. Right? He's not just a very important person. This is the greatest event that's happened in, life, in history. This is why we celebrate, not with all these, these things. These are fine, but that's not what it's about, is it? 
Christianity is not some, Christmas is not some big food festival or something for their kiddies or some, you know, retailing extra, extravaganza. No, no, it's the celebration, the, the greatest fact of this is God became a man to save you. He died on the cross for you. He rose for you. He lives for you. He loves you. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. And that's why he came. But just I'm a nobody. Yeah, I know you're a nobody, Joseph. We all are. But when you build your life around Jesus, you become a son of God. For those who believed on him, who received him, who believed on his name, to them, he gave the right to become the children of God. You become a child of God. You cease to be a sinner and you become a child of God. And he puts his spirit within you and he gives you life and hope and certainty and purpose and the lot, right? But you've got to make a decision. Yeah, that's right. You've got to make a decision. Are you going to leave Mary? Say, on your way, Mary. I don't know who this guy is. No, no. Mary, I've, God's spoken to me. I'm going to serve you and this child as long as I live. Martin Luther King says, I have a dream. Well, long before Joseph could say, I have a better dream than that. I have seen that God has come to earth. He has become a man. And this God has come. And his name is Emmanuel. And not only his name is Emmanuel. His name is Jesus. He's come to die for us. He loves us so much. He's come to die for us. And not only that. His kingdom will never end. All our political parties and countries and governments will come and go. Kings will rise and fall. But of his kingdom there shall be no end. Why? Because of zeal of the Lord. He will perform it. That's what it's about. Joseph, I have a dream. Wow, come on, Mary. Well, the hot footing it down to Egypt in a couple of days' time. Oh, no, it's not easy following Jesus. But that's what it's about. And Chris, if you've come here and you think it was great last week and it was great, what was said and what was sung last week, but actually you still have to make a decision. Are you going to go your own way? And, see, because the thing he says to Joseph is very interesting. He says, oh my. He says, don't be afraid. You can live your life in fear. What will they think? What will the neighbors think? Or else say, no, Jesus, I will follow your way. God, I will do your way. I will make a decision, whatever it takes. And if you're a Christian, my friends, it's a great thing, isn't it? Great time. You see, Joseph said to Mary, shall we sing a song? And Mary said, yeah. And Joseph, she said, what should we Let, She said, let's sing one of Charles Wesley, shall we? I know, we'll sing Heart the Herald Angels Sing. That's it. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy. God and sinners reconciled. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as man, with man to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. My friends as Christians, we should have all people be the most worshipful people in the world. Amen? Amen. Amen.